Plain Spoken, Episode 11. Welcome back to Plain Spoken, the podcast where we talk about how to live more quietly and with greater emphasis on what truly matters. My name is Dean Abbott, and I host these podcasts. If you'd like to connect further with me, the best way to do it is to follow me on Twitter, which you can do at www.twitter.com backslash Dean Abbott, or you can just go to Twitter if you have a Twitter account and search for me, and I should come up. You can also email me directly at dean at deanabbott.com, and I welcome hearing from you. I'd also appreciate it if you'd consider supporting me via Patreon. Patreon, if you're unfamiliar with it, is a website that allows you to support creators financially. And you can pledge your support uh, for this podcast for as little as $1 a month and get rewards, including early access to these episodes as I release them. Typically, patrons get these episodes on Wednesday night, Thursday morning, and they go public uh, sometime on Friday afternoons. So if you'd like to do that, just go to patreon.com and search for Dean Abbott. It's been a couple of weeks since I have spoken to you because I took the holiday weekend, the holiday week off last week. And still, nevertheless, the overall number of listens, downloads, plays for this podcast has continued to climb. As it stands now, we're at about 2,500 total listens uh, since I began this show in September of this year. And 2,500 listens is Pretty good, I think, considering that I started from practically nothing and I'm producing and promoting this show alone. Still, I would like your help. If you've enjoyed this show, please share it on your social media platforms so other people can hear about it. And please, if you have enjoyed the show, leave a rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts since that helps people find out about us and helps the audience to grow as well. Normally on this show, I talk about some aspect of living more quietly, whether that has to do with uh, living in more peaceful relationships, living in a more peaceful environment, whatever it is. This week, I'm going to do something I've never done before. Someone on Twitter whom I think I just recently followed, tweeted an article from Business Insider this week listing 13 signs that you're in a toxic friendship. So I thought I might take that article, especially since the person who posted it said she'd like to hear my take on it. I thought I'd take that article and talk about a few of what Business Insider is saying are marks of a toxic relationship. I've never done a podcast before where I'm kind of responding to an article 
I will try to link the article in the show notes on the anchor page for this podcast so that maybe uh, you can see it if you want, because I'm not going to be reading the article. I'm just going to take a few of these 13 signs and talk about them for a little bit so that if you are a person who is in a relationship that's causing you a great deal of disquiet and you find that you are uh, more and more uh, at odds with that person or you find yourself more and more wanting to be away from that person, maybe this will give you some ability to determine how toxic or whether or not it's toxic for you to continue to be in that relationship, which one way or another should take you a step further toward a more peaceful and quieter life. So before I start diving into these markers of toxic relationships, I, I thought I should first of all talk about what toxicity in relationships is. We hear that phrase a lot, toxic people, toxic relationships. Maybe sometimes you hear dysfunctional relationships. But almost never do we hear much discussion about what that really means. And so I want to try to make that more clear, at least to provide a definition that I'm going to use for the duration of this podcast when I talk about healthy or toxic relationships. So what makes a relationship toxic? A toxic relationship or the presence of toxicity in relationships means that something is happening in that relationship that prevents it from achieving its purpose. So think of relationships like plants. So you meet someone, and, that, and that's a kind of planting of a seed. And your relationship with that person is not merely an undirected, purposeless chance encounter, but if it's a serious relationship at all, it is a, a living thing, an organic process that when handled rightly and given the right conditions will flourish into a particular form, just like you plant in your garden. You're going to plant some tomatoes. Well, if the soil is right and the weather is right and the moisture level is right, in the end, you know that that plant is going to accomplish its purpose of growing and reproducing and providing fruit. Relationships are the same way. And if you meet someone and you beget, begin a relationship, ultimately that relationship has a end toward which it ought to be oriented. Just like that seed, that tomato seed, is ultimately oriented toward becoming a flourishing full plant that produces fruit. If you're in a relationship that doesn't produce the kind of fruit that it ought to be, 
that's a sign that you might very well be in a relationship that is toxic or otherwise dysfunctional. Let me say a little bit about the difference between a dysfunctional relationship and a toxic one. A dysfunctional relationship merely means that something's happening that it is not functioning well to achieve those ends toward which relationships ought to be oriented. A toxic relationship is slightly different because while it is dysfunctional, it also is dysfunctional specifically because someone has introduced to it a kind of damaging poison. And so I suppose a relationship can be dysfunctional in the sense that you guys, the two of you can't achieve your appointed ends because you just both have separate interests and you're trying to make this work, but you really are not suited for one another. And so as long as you stay together and try to make that work, your relationship could be dysfunctional in the sense that it's not functioning the way it should. But a toxic relationship is something a little different, and that is where it's a dysfunctional relationship in the sense that it's not achieving the goals toward which it ought to be oriented. But it's a dysfunctional relationship in which someone or both people are introducing a poison that actively works to hurt one another. Okay, And so you're your relationship, your system is poisoned. So in addition to not functioning well, you're also coping with the effects of poisonous attitudes, beliefs, and actions, and speech. So I think most people never really even ask themselves the question of what is the purpose of interpersonal relationships at all? Most people live inside their relationships, and they live inside them pretty unphilosophically. And so they want to have healthy relationships where they feel good, but they don't ever stop to really think about, well, what identifies a functioning, healthy relationship? So... Let me say this. The purpose of interpersonal relationships is threefold. So they have three important purposes for your interpersonal relationships. First, interpersonal relationships exist to promote the growth of their members. And so the purpose of your relationships is to become more, as an individual, who you are meant to be. So just like I was using that metaphor of the tomato plant as, in, as a metaphor for your relationship, the same metaphor applies to each person in the relationship as an individual. So you, as a person, are an organism that has within you a map for how to grow and how to become the best version of yourself, the most flourishing version of yourself. And the purpose of your relationships is to help you 
to achieve that flourishing state. So you can easily decide, know, you can decide whether your relationships are helping you to do that or not. And if they aren't, they are at the very least dysfunctional and possibly toxic. The second purpose of interpersonal relationships is to achieve goals, external goals, that no person working alone or could achieve, or at least could not achieve with as much ease and efficiency as he can when working with others. And so just as in the first purpose, there are these inward goals for relationships, right? Uh, So a relationship is there to help you become the person you're supposed to be, to help you follow that inward plan for how to become the person you're meant to be. Also, relationships have a secondary purpose whose job, which is to achieve external goals together, to identify common goals, things that you want to achieve and work together to synergize and to achieve those while relying on one another and while making use of one another's talents, benefits, and, and gifts to do that. And finally, relationships exist to provide a sense of belonging, of welcome, of care, in an otherwise cold and harsh world. Now, this is the purpose of relationships that most people think of as the first and possibly only purpose of relationships. They want to feel good. And that's not bad, right? They want to have that sense of belonging, that sense of care. The problem is when you are in a relationship that's not functioning well or that is Uh, actually harmful to you, staying around and clinging to that relationship because it once provided a sense of belonging, welcome, care, etc., or because you think that in the future it might typically only contributes to the um, toxicity of the situation. So since those are the three purposes of relationships, whenever something happens in a relationship that defeats one or more of these purposes, that relationship can be said to be dysfunctional. And if there is an additional element of of abuse or of somehow actively harming one another, then I think it can be said to be toxic. So imagine that the purposes of relationships that I've just described paint a picture of health. You know what a healthy body looks like. Well, a healthy relationship, well, okay, a healthy body is one that can do all the things that it's supposed to do. It can get up and walk across the room. It can eat. It can breathe. It can do all of the things that it's made to do. Well, a healthy relationship is exactly operates on that same principle, though its purposes are a little less concrete, right? Relationships don't walk, but they still have 
purposes, and they still function um, in an abstract way, in a, in a way similar to a, a body. So those three purposes I've described for relationships kind of paint a picture of what health looks like in a relationship. Toxic behaviors, toxic relationships, as I said, introduce poison into that system. And they cause a degeneration. Uh, They cause a sickness. They cause a move away from health and toward death. Now, whether that happens rapidly or slowly is determined by a whole bunch of other factors. But if you are wondering whether your relationship is unhealthy or toxic in some way, ask yourself those two questions. One, is this relationship accomplishing the purpose, uh, the purposes of relationships? Or is it causing me as an individual, or maybe both of us, to, ge- to degenerate? Are we moving toward health, or are we in this relationship moving toward death? And the answers to that question are going to give you a greater sense of the health of that relationship. It's also worth noting that many people have lived their lives, uh, beginning with their family of origins. Uh, They've lived with so much toxicity in so many of their relationships that they don't even recognize that relationships have purposes or that relationships can be toxic. So, our exposure to relational toxins lays a baseline for what we think is normal. And that is another reason why knowing the purposes of relationships is so important. Because you can see, knowing the purposes of relationships, you can see a picture of what relational health looks like. And if you've never experienced that, then you know that your baseline expectation of how much toxicity should exist in a relationship is probably off. If if a description of relationship health seems foreign or strange to you, that's probably a sign that there's too much toxicity in your system already and you need to do something to get rid of that. So now, given all that background... Let's look at a few of these 13 signs of toxic friendships or relationships that Business Insider has given us. Number one, there is a lot of drama. Drama is a definite sign of toxic relationships. Remember, in order for people to flourish and to follow that inward map toward their best selves, That requires peace, just like that tomato plant requires 90 days to sit in the sun and do nothing before it produces fruit. Just like your garden is characterized by peace, if it is characterized by peace, as opposed to, say, having rabbits and deer and other pests come in and disturb that peace, So your relationships need to be characterized by peace in order for the people in them to grow and flourish. Relationships that are functioning healthily 
just tend to generate that peace because that the purposes of relationship require it. It's impossible to work together to achieve common goals if there's always drama going on. And this also brings up a secondary important point, which is that toxic people are not always unattractive people. It's easy to think, well, we're all going to be repelled by toxic people. But that's really not the case. Many people are drawn to toxic relationships and to toxic people precisely because they create so much drama. Many people are addicted to drama. And the reasons for that might be another podcast someday. But let's just say that addiction to drama and the creation of constant drama in relationships is a sign that something is not functioning correctly, and it may very well be a sign that there's poison floating around in the system, in the relational system. Number two, it's all about them. Indeed, this is very true. Toxic people always have some sort of narcissistic tendencies. In fact, you could say, you might even be able to say, tell me if you think this is right or wrong, but you might even be able to say that what we mean when we talk about toxic people or toxicity in relationships is just levels of narcissism, okay? That uh, this attitude of I'm superior or it's all about me is the very definition of toxicity. So if you're in a relationship with where you, you, you are made to feel like you're merely an appendage to this person, or your purpose is simply to be there to witness the other person's ups and downs, you're clearly not in a relationship that's achieving its goals because by being relegated to that position, one, you are not moving toward flourishing and being that best version of yourself. This relationship is not helping you do that. And two, in order to work toward common goals, you need to have goals in common with someone. And someone who makes life all about them is unconcerned with having common goals. They're not concerned with what you want, what you what your goals are. Okay? And third, someone who makes the relationship all about themselves is simply not going to accomplish that goal of offering you a sense of belonging, a sense of home, a sense of care, a sense of warmth in a cold world. Because why would they? Because you exist only to provide that for them. There's a lack of mutuality in these kinds of relationships. Number three, they put you down. So it should be obvious, you would think, that if someone constantly puts you down or really puts you down regularly, even if it's not constantly, it should be obvious that that's an unhealthy thing, but it's not. Often because put-downs can be so subtle that it takes a while for people to catch on to what's happening. Now, they might feel bad, but not necessarily be able to articulate to themselves mentally or to another person what's making them feel bad. So it takes a little while to wake up. So here's an example. 
you're with someone, you're in a relationship with someone who says, oh, that 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 jacket you're wearing is so nice. It, it looks so good on you. It suits you so much better than the kinds of things you usually wear. Okay, that's a put down disguised as a compliment. So it's subtle. And there are many people who specialize in those kinds of put downs. And that is abuse and it's toxic. So that kind of thing leaves you feeling bad. And if you aren't particularly connected to your feelings or you aren't on the lookout for hostility, it can be it'll take you a while to wake up to this kind of behavior and its toxic and negative impact on you. People who do this, who put you down in this way, whether it's overt or more subtle, they do this because they need to feel superior in order to salve their insecurities. Because people like this need to have you in a, an inferior position, chances that they're going to listen to you when you ask them to stop this kind of behavior are pretty slim. I mean, why would they need to listen to you when you're obviously inferior? And so the reality is that if you are in a position where you're constantly put down and you're unwilling to, and the other person is unwilling to listen to you, then you need to be thinking about the long-term viability of that relationship if your goal is to live a life of peace and a quieter life. Uh, Next, they don't respect your boundaries. I write a lot about boundaries on Twitter because boundaries are the essence of quieter living where relationships are concerned. Someone who won't acknowledge and respect your boundaries is necessarily going to cause disquiet and probably a lot of pain in your relationship with them. A person who constantly disregards your boundaries is just saying to you flat out, I don't care about you. I don't care about your feelings. I don't care about what's important to you. I don't care about your limits, anything like that. And so... Again, even if it's disguised subtly, in order to live in a healthy and more quiet relational style, you have got to know what your boundaries are and you have to defend them when they're crossed or you will be lost in constant drama. Next, um, you feel like something is wrong. You know when you are in a relationship with any sort of person who has some kind of problems, you know whether things are okay or not. The trouble is most of us, many of us, just don't listen to ourselves. So I started this podcast by saying you have within you a plan, a set of impulses that want you to develop, want you to become the strongest, best version of yourself. Well, if you are disconnected and you're not used to paying attention to that, you might not necessarily sense that things are askew in your relationships for a while. But eventually that sense will become so strong that you will be compelled to listen to it. So to save yourself pain 
and suffering. Work on listening to that right from the beginning. So if you know that something in your relationship is not right, you got to face that and take whatever action is necessary to either fix what's wrong or to find another way for you to live in a place where you don't feel like something is constantly wrong in your major relationships. Once you begin to attend to that feeling, right, to that sense that something is wrong and that there are things you could do to improve it, your beginning, your ability to begin articulating that in words and saying, this is what's bothering me, and to express that either to the other person or even just to yourself will improve. And at that point, you can make a decision about whether you're going to talk to the other person to see if things can be fixed or whether there needs to be some kind of serious shifting of the relationship. So these are just a few signs I drew out of that article that I thought uh, were most important. So let me review them. One, signs of bad, dysfunctional, or toxic relationships. One, there's a lot of drama. Two, it's all about them. It's all about the other person. Number three, they put you down, ever or subtly. Number four, they don't respect your boundaries. And number five, you just have a gut feeling that something is wrong. So identifying these and making changes is never easy. But standing up for yourself and getting out of situations like this is absolutely critical for anyone serious about pursuing the quieter life. Take care. Thank you for listening. And we'll be together again on the next episode of Plain Spoken.